Welcome to the Horror Filmmaking Academy. Learn how to make a killer movie by avoiding the pitfalls of indie horror filmmaking. And now for your host, Rubel Raphael Ahmed. Hello and welcome to the Horror Filmmaking Academy. Today I'm talking to Brandon Rhinus, um, and he's a prolific screenwriter from Canada and he's also directed his first feature film called Comfort, so look out for that. But before we get to it, a bit of housekeeping. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, just type in Super Rubes, and usually I'm there um, posting horror news and articles I found online, uh, maybe talking a little bit about what I'm up to and also what guests I've got on the show. Um, you can use those platforms to send me questions you want answered by the guests or recommend me a movie and I'll be putting that at the end of the show. If you'd prefer, you can email me. I'm superrubes at gmail.com and you can also go to YouTube and just type in superrubes and you can see the stuff I've been working on, some of the short horror films and things like that. I'll be sure to put all that stuff in the show notes, so check that out. If you find this episode valuable, please uh, rate and review it on iTunes and if you feel extra generous, um, share it across your social media platforms. Things like this really help spread the word and allow me to get some awesome guests for you guys. Make sure you stay tuned till the end of the show. Um, I'll be recommending you a couple of movies. So without further ado, let's go straight into the main interview. So I'd like to welcome to the show Brandon Rhinus. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so I was looking through um, a lot of your credits on IMDb and you've written a shit ton of movies. <laughs> So um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah. So before we get to that, though, uh, maybe you can just give us a, a bit of a, your history and how you got into screenwriting. Um, basically, I've been I've been writing s stories ever since I was like a, a little kid. Um, basically, as soon as I could write, um, it kind of it basically all really started when I was in uh, grade four, and I wrote uh, I wrote this short story, and then uh, my English teacher allowed me to read it to the class. And everyone at the end, you know, they kind of burst out in applause and everyone loved the story. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, hey, you know, maybe maybe I got this talent here. Um, so over the years, I kind of dabbled in, you know, screenwriting and filmmaking. And, you know, I went to college and um, did some stuff there and, you know, made some really bad short films. And But I, I never really took it seriously. And it wasn't honestly until um, the last kind of like three years where I was like, you know what, like, Maybe instead of just as a casual hobby, maybe I should try to do this, you know, for real. And so I kind of just dove in and um, I got laid off from my, my day job. So basically I was out of work. So it was kind of like, you know what, like if I work hard enough, maybe I can actually make enough money writing screenplays to, you know, cover my, my living costs and, and that could be my, my full-time job. And I put so much work into it and I wrote so much so fast and then next thing you know, here we are and, uh, you know, I'm doing this uh, as a living and it's kind of a dream come true oh so when you first started doing it um to make a bit of money on the side um were you doing shorts or features um i was writing features but it took a while before they sold it basically i started mainly just selling the the short scripts the first few i kind of just gave away for free just so i could get something made and then you know i'd just start selling them for you know, a hundred dollars and then kind of like $200 and 250 and then 375 and then 500. And, um, but I would just, I would write them. Like I would just crank them out kind of as fast as I could. And next thing you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I sold, you know, four in a month and that was enough to cover my rent. And, you know, and then I kind of just keep it going from there. And yeah. And eventually I started, um, you know, getting the, you know, kind of writing some TV episodes and that type of stuff. And, you know, and eventually the, uh, um, right. Like I started selling a couple, um, spec scripts some some features and and a lot of the people that i worked with the producers they would hire me 
back, you know, to kind of write their own thing. So I kind of end up, you know, making the bulk of my money by just having people hire me to, to write their ideas. Cool. Um, so just if you go back a little bit, um, so when you're selling your short uh, screenplays, I mean, how were you finding producers or directors that wanted short films? I would, um, I would post them on Inktip. Um, I subscribe to services like screenwriting staffing, you know, you can, you know, pay a monthly fee and they send you leads of like producers looking for stuff. Um, I would use websites like uh, Craigslist and Kijiji. Um, and, you know, I would just search for, um, you know, uh, looking for screenplay or screenwriter needed. I would search those kind of things. And I would, I would Google phrases like that and just search out message boards and basically anyone I could possibly find. And I kind of, I compile a database of every producer that's making short films. I would just kind of put their name and email on this database so every time I had a new one, I would approach them all again and see if they were interested in my new um, my new project. And if no one was, then I would you know go on to try to search out other um, other producers. And and sometimes like it took a while. Like there's one, for example, the mustache. It's just a, a short comedy I wrote, and I probably pitched it to like 50 people, and nobody was interested. And it was probably like a year, year and a half went by, and I kind of eventually gave up. Um, but then a producer here in Canada. Um, uh, read it and he loved it ended up shooting it and now it's um you know making waves and it's won some awards and all these festivals and oh, nice. um and it's actually kind of got um that producer hired me to write his next project and it's drumming up a lot of interest just based on this short um so basically it's just a matter of you know kind of pounding the pavement and just getting your script into you know anyone that wants to read it can read it and it, if you just approach that many people eventually you just start you know you can sell like an incredible amount of stuff awesome and um I mean, obviously, I want to talk a bit about the feature scripts that you're writing. But just before we do that, maybe you can tell us what your process is for writing feature. I mean, do you outline? Do you use beat sheets? Do you go straight into the script and final draft? Um, maybe you can tell us a bit about that. It, it changes from script to script. Some of them, the idea is kind of more fully fleshed out in my head, so I can kind of jump into it a bit quicker. Sometimes for more complicated ones, I really kind of, um, I do it like I outline it more beforehand. But I always find no matter how much I outline it, like I'll get the whole movie down. But as soon as I start writing it, the story just naturally tends to kind of veer off and, and change quite a bit. Um, so it'll sometimes get to the point where it's so different that the, the outline no longer works. So if I get to a point where I'm stuck, you know, if I'm kind of halfway through, I'll have to like just kind of stop writing and I'll basically re-outline the rest of it. Um, but it basically, it just comes down to kind of what I feel. Or sometimes I'll start outlining it but i'm kind of so excited to get into it that i'm like you know what like i i know where i'm going so i'll just jump in and i'll just start writing and and then i'll get to a point where it's like okay hey like it's not quite working i don't know where i'm going so then i'll kind of pause and kind of just figure it out and sometimes i'll, I'll just write my outline on a, on a piece of paper and sometimes i'll do the um kind of like the the cue card thing you know where you write each scene on yeah. a piece of paper and put it on a cork board and and that sometimes if it gets really complicated i need to actually look at it sometimes i'll do that just so i can physically see it um there have been a couple where it's just kind of like i get so into the like the zone where i can just kind of sit there and like pretty much just write the whole thing and make it up as i go along and then of course after i go through and um you know then you have to tighten it up and you know do multiple drafts but i've done i've done some that way and and honestly sometimes i find my best work comes when it's flowing like that like if you really start thinking about it too much it's not like it it doesn't seem like as organic. Like it just doesn't. It's not as like fresh or something. So like a lot of the stuff, you know, I'll get, I'll write something, and some some producer will, you know, be giving me all these compliments over it, and it's like, oh, like some of the stuff I just wrote so quickly. Like I've written uh, some features in like eleven days oh, wow. that I just like crank out super fast, and then 
I sent, you know, I kind of do a quick revision. I sent them the first draft and they're like, Oh my God, this is so great. And I'm like, Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, maybe we can talk about the first feature script that you sold. I mean, how did that happen? Um, was it like cold queries or did you have a few um, producers that you knew? How was that? Um, the first one I sold was John, it was called John 316. It's like a, um, a drama about a um a new patient at a mental institution who shows up and he and he thinks he's jesus um i wrote it and i was actually at the time this is like like two so years ago now it was honestly it was like my least favorite script it wasn't even i probably got about three quarters of the way through and it just it wasn't working and i just like i was like i was gonna shelve it and you know for a while um but then i I saw on facebook um and just uh, you know a screenwriting facebook group um that a producer from my city of, of Edmonton in Canada, he was, he'd been living in LA for quite a few years and he just moved back here and he was wondering if anyone local had any screenplays. So I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I'm from Edmonton. You know, I got, I got some scripts. So uh, we met for coffee and I gave him some of my horror scripts. I didn't give him John 316 because, you know, I didn't want anyone to read it because I thought it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so he, he read my horror scripts and he was like, Oh, like I like them. Um, he's like, you know, you're a good writer, but he's like, you know, horror is not my thing. He's like, you have a, like a drama by any chance and i was like well i'm like i got this one thing called john 316 and i gave him the pitch and and he was like oh that sounds great like i want to read it and i was like well you know it's not finished it's not very good And he's like well, i don't care i want to read it and i was like oh my god so i i sent it to him the way it was and a few days later he messaged me back and he's like this is really good he's like i love it we can make this we can sell it um i was like oh sweet so uh, basically i had to finish the script and you know, we did a bunch of revisions and it was shot last summer and and uh, I think it's uh, July. It's supposed to be um, um, premiering. So um, July coming. Yeah. Up. So that was the. Yeah. Oh, nice. So that was the that was my very first one. Cool. Um, and then since then, um, have you gone on to carry on writing feature scripts um, that you're trying to sell? Yes, I've um, some of them. I've uh, like I've written a bunch. I've optioned some, and then there's others like um, more of this like the money I make from the script writing is like producers hiring me to write their ideas. Um, like since then that, that producer from John 316 has hired me to write like another feature for him as well as a bunch of like reality TV shows and another TV show. Like he's kind of, I've written a bunch of stuff for him. And um, there's been other times too, like there was a producer, um, a producer director, Gil Allen. He read uh, one of my horror scripts called the man in the box and he really liked it. So he hired me to, um, write a feature for him called Core Values, and um, so I it was it was his idea, but I wrote the script for it, and that one actually we just had the the premiere for it uh, earlier this week, um, so that was actually the even though it was it was shot after John three sixteen it ended up being finished first, so I actually just about four days ago got to see my very first uh, feature length film you know, premiere at a movie theater on the big screen in front of hundreds of people and it was quite a, a great experience oh nice um where was it where did you see it where yeah oh it was just at a, a theater here in edmonton called uh, the garneau ah cool awesome yeah. um so um that just got me curious about something so when you say um a producer gets you on board to write uh, maybe a feature script they had or an idea they had um how mm-hmm. how do they present it to you do they give you like an outline do they give you a treatment or synopsis or how detailed is what they're giving you as opposed to what you're giving back? It, it, it varies from producer to producer. Like with Gil, we just kind of met for lunch and he, 
he basically just told me his idea for the story and he kind of you know, wrote wrote a few notes and a little graph and stuff on a piece of paper and he said basically this is kind of what the story is about but uh he left it up to me to kind of make up like the bulk of the story and um actually since then uh, corvallis i've already written the first draft of uh his next movie um which is going to be uh i'm not not really supposed to talk about it but it's going to be a very awesome um exciting one so that's kind of the, the way he did it i have other producers that they have more of a treatment they have more of exactly what they want but i find for the most part most of them just have like a basic concept and they leave it up to me to kind of flush out the story which is kind of the way i like it because you know so usually it's it's somewhere between a log line and a half page synopsis i'll get and i'll turn that into uh, a script oh nice awesome um and like with the, the stuff that you're doing right now, I mean, writing scripts and writing um, other people's scripts, shorts, features and stuff, is that a sustainable career? It's, I, I admit it's rough. Um, like, I'm not married, I don't have any kids, so it's like I can do it a little bit easier. I got a roommate, you know, to share expenses. It's not easy, like, because, you know, some months are good because, you know, I'll sell a few things, but sometimes, you know, if I'll sell a script, but then it'll be, you know, five months before I sell something else and, so you kind of got to make sure you have enough to live on. But um, between everything I'm doing, you know, I'll write these, um, I write some like hunting reality shows for kind of um, like TV uh, channels in, in Canada. Um, and they don't pay a lot, but it's kind of, you know, constant work. So I can, you know, write a few of those in the month to kind of make some money for rent. And then you'll sell a few things here. And um, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been like a couple of years now that I've basically been not having a, a day job and been able to do this. So it depends on your situation in life. Like if you have a big house and vehicles and all that kind of stuff and you have a family, I would, you know, I wouldn't recommend quitting your job doing this. You can kind of do it on the side, but, but, but for me, it's like, I'm all in. And if I, like, if I had to go and get a day job, I wouldn't be able to write as much as I would now. Yeah. So basically it would just kind of, the whole thing would kind of collapse. And especially now that I'm like directing my own movies and stuff too, it's like, I need my free time to be able to, to do all this. Oh, cool. I mean, I want to get into the directing stuff in a bit, but just a couple of more questions about sure. sc- uh, screenwriting. Um, so obviously you're saying because you don't have a day job, you get to write quite a lot. So I was wondering how long it takes for you to write, like, you know, the first format draft, how long that takes you, and then how long does it take for you to make amendments to the point where you think, okay, this is ready? Again, it varies project to project. Like, when I get to the point of writing, I try to commit to, to writing 10 pages a day. So that's why I can, you know, sometimes I can write a first draft like within you know 12 days or so i get the first draft done that's after i have it kind of planned out and everything um it doesn't always work out like that sometimes it's just it's just too much to write but usually like two weeks or i can write like a feature length first draft and then usually i'll leave it for a little bit and then i'll kind of come back to it and do revisions um and again it depends on the project sometimes if i'm writing it for another producer they'll give me notes and they'll tell me the changes they want and i'll just kind of execute those immediately Whereas if it's my own spec script, sometimes I'll just leave it for a couple months and then I'll do some revisions and, and you know, sometimes I'll, I'll start pitching it to producers and if there's no interest, I'll kind of, you know, I'll kind of let, leave it sit for a while. And I have some scripts that, you know, I, I wrote like a year and a half, two years ago that, you know, haven't been any interest in it. Um, but I'll go back and reread it. And, you know, of course, I'm constantly improving as a writer. So I can go back and be like, oh my God, like I could totally make this better. So I'll do another pass at it and kind of improve the script and, and sometimes when I do that, I've had it that uh, a script that's been sitting on my shelf for like a year or two, um, there's not been any interest in it. I'll do a rewrite, make it way better, pitch it again, and all of a sudden people are interested in it and I option it. Um, 
so like I try to write extremely fast. Like I know a lot of people, you know, they write like a screenplay every year or two years, and mm-hmm. it's just you know that's not, you know especially when you're working in the indie world. You know, if you're in Hollywood, you know you could probably live on that. But if you're in the indie world, like you kind of got to be writing a lot. So I try to do kind of like one feature every you know one to three months, basically. Cool. And um, what's your opinion on uh, two things? One, um, coverage services and two screenwriting competitions um for coverage services i've only ever used one like one that i actually paid for and the person they kind of you know gave me a few good notes but a lot of it i overall like i didn't find it very helpful um especially when like he said um he's like very well written like you know like the the format and everything like basically the way he wrote it is like really good um but he just had problems with the story and he's like the way I the way, like the way I think you should have done the story, and then he kind of told me his version of it, and, and I was like, yeah, well, that's not what I wanted to do, you know, like it's my story. Um, so overall, I didn't find it that helpful, and I find a lot of the time too that like I, like um, it's not that I'm you know that conceited or anything, but I I really never seek out any opinions on on my scripts. Like I know I'm supposed to, but I just never really bothered because the only people whose opinions really matter are the producers who are giving you money for it yeah um so basically i'll send it to the producer and they'll give me notes on it what they want changed and what they like what they don't like and I'll, I'll make those changes um and but even for my other scripts too it's like if you find enough producers if you pitch to enough people eventually you'll find the one person that likes it we have one script called uh, firstborn son and i had uh you know there's so many producers who were just not interested i even had one guy kind of just like this producer in la kind of trashed it and was like bad dialogue bad blah 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 and i was like okay whatever you know what a jerk um but then i sent it to this other other producer in uh florida and he loved it he optioned it from me and they're supposed to be shooting it uh this summer oh wow um, nice and he was and he was like he's like it's great i love it and i even want to do another draft and he's like no he's like don't don't touch it he's like it's perfect the way it is he's like everything you got everything you got in the script we're going to put on the screen you know so it's like well i could have changed everything based on that first jerk you know, yeah. trashing it, but instead I just kept it the way it is, stuck to my story, and then found another producer who lo- loved it. So, um, so as far as coverage services, I, if you're just starting out and you don't know where you stand, like if you don't know you're any good or not, it might be good just to seek that out, just to get like a professional opinion on it. But once you're at the point where, you know, you're getting stuff made and people are giving you money to write screenplays, then it's probably not so important. You're probably better off just having a few close kind of you know, friends and people you trust in the industry look at it. Yeah. Um, and contests, I've, I think I may have entered one contest one time, but I, if I did, I didn't win. Um, it's, it's something I've, I've always kind of wanted to, because there's actually another um, screenwriter, Neil Chase, who lives in, in Edmonton here with me. And he's all about the contest and he's constantly winning stuff. Like every second day on Facebook, there's so he's won some other contest. So I was like, you know, maybe I could, because it might be, you know, if some of them have, uh, you know, if you can win money or, you know, that kind of thing, it might be worth it. My concern is there's so many of these contests that, you know, you know, if you've got an entry fee of like 30 bucks or whatever, next thing you know, you're spending, you know, thousand bucks entering contests that may not benefit you. So from where I stand, I don't think contests are that useful, but that's being said, I might try a couple just to see what happens. Ah, cool. Um, so moving on from uh, screenwriting just a little bit, 
um, you're obviously going to be directing a film. Why? I, I think maybe you've already started directing um, a feature film. Um, yeah, I've, I've directed a few shorts before. Yeah, and actually, I just finished my first uh, feature oh, a nice. few weeks ago. So, how was that? And how come you chose to direct it? Uh, I've always kind of liked directing. I, I'm kind of like screenwriter number one, director second. I just kind of want to get more um, experience at it. So I, I've directed a few shorts before that have turned out to be, you know, they turned out pretty well and I got some, you know, attention from them. I just figured, you know, eventually I got to start doing features. It's kind of take it up a notch. Um, so I have, there's kind of three horror movies I have is Motel or uh, Motel 13, The Grey House and The Man in the Box. They're all ones that I wrote and I want to direct. And for all three of them, we've shot like a trailer for it. And uh, my producers and my co-producers and I are kind of actively trying to raise money for them. But they're all big budget projects, and it's just turning out to be really hard to raise that kind of money, especially when basically like up till a few weeks ago, I'd never directed a feature before. Yeah. Um, so basically no one would give us money. So I kind of came up with the idea. It's like, what if we just did a feature that's kind of like one actor in one location? We can have like a skeleton crew, and basically we'll we'll just fund the film ourselves. You know, it's like everyone will kind of have to do us a favor and work for, you know, very, very cheap and everything. And um, so we came up with the idea for Cold Comfort. It was um, my co-producer, Katie Gobert, and I, I um, she's my co-producer, but also the director of photography. So we came up with the idea of um, just like a one woman, like locked in a room and the entire movie, she's in this room trying to, you know, escape. Yeah. And we brought uh, producer Michael Charnay on board. He's the guy that... Uh, that uh, produced and directed uh, the mustache that the short comedy I was telling you about. Yeah. Um, so we kind of got together, we planned it all out and it's like in order to shoot it for um, basically on something that we could just, you know, put on our own credit cards, uh, um, we had to shoot it in five days. So basically the script was like 80 pages. So it was like, you know, like 18 pages a day or something we had wow. to, we had to shoot, but we planned it all out and, and we did it. It was, it was way tougher than I thought, but, we got it done, so now you know we're in post production. But it's like we have a, a feature length movie that I directed. Yeah. And actually, just uh, just yesterday, I announced. Um, I know it's kind of ambitious, but I want to shoot another one um, this September called a Hot Box. So I just announced that on Facebook uh, yesterday, and it's already getting a bunch of interest. So we're trying to raise like a bit more money. I think we did Cold Comfort for like twelve thousand. We're probably trying to get like fifty thousand or something like that for for hot box and it's it kind of all takes place at like one party so it's still kind of one, one location um so yeah i, I kind of want to get a few of these this low budget ones under my belt so then when i try to raise money for bigger projects i can you know at least have some experience and has cold comfort i mean the fact that you've uh, made it and you've gone out and directed something um does, i mean do you feel that's helped you get um some interest for your next one Oh yeah, totally. Like it's just yeah, as soon as you're doing like the more stuff I do, kind of the more attention I get, and the more people take me seriously. And um, yeah, and we actually met a guy. Um, he actually he gave us a little bit of money to help make Cold Comfort, and he got like a, a tiny role in it. Um, but after seeing us do that, and, you know, seeing that you know we're legit and everything, he's going to help us raise some money and put money into to Hotbox. Oh, nice. um, so yeah, it's definitely like the thing too, especially once you get like a your first feature made, like people just start taking you seriously and all of a sudden like whereas before you might pitch scripts to like 100 producers and you might get like two of them reply whereas you know now like i do it and i'll get like you know half of them will reply just because you know they'll look into me they'll look on imdb they'll see that i've have actual things made 
Yeah. Um, so now people just like, yeah, they take me more seriously. It's e- easier just to get resources and stuff. And, and hopefully, uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Hopefully it'll be easy to get money. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming the feature helped a lot more than the short stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the shorts are kind of good for practice and they're kind of good just for, for getting your name out there. Um, but the features, it gets, you know, like that's the kind of the real deal. It's, Honestly, it's still too early because my feature hasn't been released yet, so I don't know kind of the full extent of how it's going to help me. But but even just the fact that we set out to do it and we completed shooting is is enough that you know a lot of people are taking me more seriously now, and uh, we kind of we're getting more attention. Cool. So um, just a couple of questions about cold comfort. Um, so this seems like a very bare basic um, kind of uh, idea: one person, one room, right? Um, mm. Can you give us a ballpark figure in terms of where the budget for something like that would be and how much it would be? Not the exact figure your film was, but just like a ballpark thing. Um, we said like the budget would be like twelve twelve thousand dollars Canadian. Um, so I'm not sure what that is in, in pounds or American dollars, but it's not, it's not a lot basically. Um, but yeah, the pretty much the majority of it was uh, paying the cast and crew. We did have like there was a few other actors you never actually see them on screen. You just kind of uh, hear their voices off screen. Um, and we have, you know, we had a crew of like eight or nine, I think. Um, so basically, you know, a lot of the money goes towards um, paying the cast and crew. Food's another big thing. You know, we had to rent all like the camera gear and stuff. Um, and we try to do our best. Like, you know, we try to borrow um, as much equipment from other people as we can. And we had a you know number, number of people were more helpful and they kind of lent us some gear. So that cut down on our costs. But, you know, even just things like sometimes you have to, you know, gas money to get to the location just you know buying a few props and and all that um you know and then like paying for music and then the post-production and and all that like it does add up but if you you know if you're kind of smart about it and for, and for the first one when it's simple like i find people are kind of willing to help and um you know if you get one feature under your belt and all you know all the people that worked on the, the first one they're going to help us out on the next one and kind of you know they'll make a bit more money at it and stuff and they'll kind of they'll kind of grow with us cool and um What's the plan for the feature after its post production's finished? I mean, are you going to self distribute or are you going to try to get a traditional distributor on board? That's it's something we're still looking at. Um, Mike Charnay, who is our other producer, he's kind of spearheading that because he really wants to learn that side of the business. Um, none of us have actually like sold or had, had a feature distributed yet, so we're kind of all all new to it. So we're, we're kind of exploring our options right now. I'm thinking we're looking for a, a traditional. Um, distributor we were talking to a few already who kind of want to they want to see a trailer for it first so we got to you know kind of do some more post-production on it but i guess it's kind of um t- cold comfort was kind of a test as well as like let's just make like a a low risk fairly like cheap movie that even if we never make a, a single dime on it will at least like there's not a big risk we're not you know we're not going to like lose our homes or anything because we didn't it's not super expensive so this is kind of like the, the test run just to kind of see how much we can get for it, you know, learn the distribution or the sales process and all of that. Um, so basically you'll have to ask me in a few months from now and we'll, we'll kind of yeah. see what ended up happening with it. But yeah, right now we're just kind of, we're just kind of testing out different options and seeing, you know, what's going to work best for us. Cool. And um, normally at this stage, I would ask my guests what's next, but you've pretty much already answered that. So I'd rather um, talk a little bit about your comic stuff I came across that on Twitter and it seems really interesting especially the one um, with the balloon headed boy uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. that and how you go into comics um, I've, I've always kind of been like since I was in elementary school I was always interested in, in comic books um, and it wasn't it was probably like five six years ago um, 
um, my uh, like higher universe is the name of my, my comic company and my partner in that uh, Adam stores check him and I, we've been talking for years about these stories. You know, he's an artist. So he had a bunch of drawings and I had a bunch of stories and we kind of just, we didn't do much with it. It was just kind of all these ideas we had. And one day it was kind of just like, you know what? Like it's kind of now or never, let's just maybe try to do something. And I didn't even really know how to get a comic made, but you know, I was like, I can, I can learn it. So I just kind of wrote a script and then we um, kind of just put the messages out um, all over the internet looking for artists. And we kind of filtered through and found the best artists. And, and then we just started, you know, we paid them per page and we got the whole, you know, got the drawings done and we got the pages colored by someone else. And then we had the word balloons put on by someone else. And then next thing you know, I had a finished comic. It was called uh, Star Girl. And it was kind of like, cool, well, you know, now we learned the process. Let's do it again. So we started making another one and then we had, you know, money coming in from those first two because we would just, you know, sell them around town or whatever. So we had money coming in. So we added another title. We started making um, Misfits and Ghoul Squad. And then, you know, now fast forward a few years and we got, you know, a lot of comics out and we, you know, we got such a, like a good process down that it's actually, you know, I find it quite easy to get them made just because I've kind of got my own little system. Oh, cool. Um, it was really interesting. I mean, one of my friends is into that kind of stuff, so maybe he can... But he hasn't made one yet, so maybe he'll listen to this and that'll give him the kick up the ass that he needs. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if, if you yeah, just kind of do what I did, just jump in and figure it out and, and get something made. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, so three um, quick-fire questions before I let you go. And the first one is, if you had to give one uh, piece of advice for upcoming filmmakers or screenwriters, what would it be? Basically, it's just, like, I always tell people it's, like if I can do it, you can do it. Like a few years ago, I was someone that never sold a script and you know I didn't know what I was doing, and all of a sudden now I'm actually making a living at it. So if you're listening, if you put enough work into it and you're listening to this, like you can do it too. But basically, it's write a lot, like just get really good, get lots of practice, and always trying to be better, and just pitch your scripts to everyone. Like I know so many new writers that are, you know, they're worried about their ideas being stolen or some stupid thing, and so they just they don't they're scared to get their scripts out there. Whereas, like, I'll just let anyone who wants to read it, like, I'll pitch it to so many people, and anyone who wants to read it can read it. And you need to get it in front of, like, hundreds of people before you start finding the people that are interested in making it. Um, so you got to get yourself out there. you got to get yourself known and just, you know, get in touch with producers. You know, just, like, go on Facebook or whatever you have to do. Find people making movies and just reach out to them. You'll keep in touch with them. And, you know, eventually the day will come where they need someone to write a script. And if they think about your name, then... Guess what? You can get hired to write a script. And just, uh, I mean, this, I have a different second question, but just want to ask something about that. Um, do you think it would have helped um, if you moved to LA? I mean, I know you live in Edmonton, Canada, but do you think your career would have been different if you moved to LA? Yeah, it probably would have been different. I don't know. Like people ask me that all the time. It's for one, it'd be a lot more expensive to live there. Um, but also, if I'm in LA, I'm one of like probably two million wannabe screenwriters. Yeah. Where in Edmonton, I'm probably one of like a thousand, <laughs> you know, or less than that. So, um, so I can get I can get noticed well, like a lot here. And then, you know, there, there is movies being made in my, in my province and stuff, and and it's easier to kind of get on board with that and get a few features made. Whereas in LA, it's a lot harder, and the competition's a lot more fierce. Yeah. And to be honest, um, like you could, you know, most of my my communications done over email or like you know over the internet anyway. So it's like me living in the actual city doesn't really matter that much because to be honest, like I don't think I've ever actually been on a set like any of my movies that, that I have not directed myself, just ones that I've written. I've never actually visited the set 
um, even if they're in my own city. So, you know, I can write something and email it to LA and they can make it down there. Like it's a, you don't need to live in a place to get it done. But that being said, like when the time comes, if like I keep growing, I start kind of doing more um, kind of like mainstream Hollywood type movies. If there gets to the point where, you know, there's lots of meetings and stuff, you know, then I might have to move down there. But for now, I kind of like where I live and I kind of like being, um, you know, I'm still a bit of an outsider and I'm kind of playing that angle a bit. Um, so, yeah, so I'm kind of happy where I am right now. Cool. Um, anyway, back to my um, quick five questions. Um, the second one was, what are your three favorite horror films of all time? Oh, God, that's hard. Uh, I don't know if I could think of off the top of my head. Exorcist is kind of one of them. Um, I guess The Conjuring I like. Um, yeah. Let's see what's another one. I know a lot of people hate it, but I really like It Follows. Uh, I love that film. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's actually, so many people. A few people have said that actually. Um, do people not like it? I, th- I generally thought. Yeah, I was, I was actually. I did a horror pod. I did a horror podcast a few months ago, and um, they asked a similar question. I brought that up, and the host was like, "Oh, I hated that movie," and I was like, "Really? Yeah, I thought it was quite well done. I don't know if it'd be my favorite, but it's it's one I can think of uh, off the top of my head. It's quite a unique. Um, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, totally. And Bob Babadook, I like that one too. It's weird. I was chatting to someone else today, and they said those two same films, Babadook and It Follows. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, anyway, um, just a final thing. If people want to keep up with what you're doing, follow you on social media and things like that, maybe you can mention it here, and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my my Twitter handle is just at Brandon Rhinus. Um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook too. Um, you can check me out there. And if you want to just look up uh, Higher Universe Comics on facebook uh, i have a bunch of stuff there i have um kind of like separate pages for all my projects but there's going to be so many of them that if you just go to higher uni- universe that's kind of a, a starting place awesome um, and my website is the higher universe.com is the website so cool awesome uh thank you very much thanks for coming on i really appreciate it and uh good luck yeah, thanks with for having all, uh, good luck with cold comfort and all the other screenplays that you'll be writing i'm sure oh yeah for sure thanks a lot thanks bye-bye that was my chat with Brandon Rhinus. I hope you enjoyed it. A couple of film recommendations before I let you go. The short film I'm recommending today is called The Nurse. It won the Annabelle Creation Competition, um, I think, a couple of years ago. It's by a guy called Julian Terry. So that's worth checking out. And the feature I'm recommending is Train to Busan by Sang Ho Yun. And it's about a bunch of people stuck in a train in the middle of a zombie outbreak. It's really cool. It's really worth watching. That's it for today. See you next time.